What's up, everybody? Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy. Thank you for listening. Just wanted to hop on real quick before we get going to let you know, first of all, apologies for this episode coming out later than normal. We've been pretty good getting these things out Friday morning, so you have all weekend to hear our picks and get after it. Unfortunately, we had some scheduling conflicts with some stuff for me going on. Pat Boyle was hosting on the fan, so we couldn't just we couldn't just figure it out. So we recorded on Saturday morning. We wanted to make sure we got this out. Obviously, you can follow along the picks on social media, Subway Sports Talk on Instagram, Subway Sports Talk on Twitter, TikTok, the whole nine. So thank you for listening. And then last apology, I had the wrong mic selected for the first 10 minutes of the show. It's not that bad, so don't worry about it. But just want to give you a fair warning. The mic gets better on my front. Uh, about 10 minutes in, but Pat and Mark are fine the entire time. So thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate it. We got a decent week last week, and we need to step it up. This is the week, week eight, big one for PBS, Pete Kennedy, Pat Boyle, and Mark Shanlugan. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, Dan. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, and on YouTube. Joining me as they will every week all the way through the Super Bowl. My picking partners, my picking pals. PBS on Pete Kennedy. We got Pat Boyle and Mark Shenlugan. Pat, what's up? Pete, let's ride, baby. Four and one week for me coming off of. Let's uh, let's extend it. Let's keep the good times rolling. Let's get this ship turned around and let's get it in the right direction. Yes, Pat, you carried the squad last week with your four and one. I was two and three. Shen one and four. Combined seven and eight, if that math is correct. I believe it is. Uh, but thank you for carrying us, putting the team on your back last week. So Shen. One and four last week. It's just four games back in the standings. Four games back in the win column, Chen. How you feeling? Pete, you know, a lot of people would say you've hit rock bottom, or I've hit rock bottom <laughs> over, over the past couple of weeks. But I, I do remind myself at the end of the day that there is one team out there that needs a win more than me, and that's the Yankees in the ALCS against the Astros. Wow. Because it just doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen again. So mm. I will just, you know, at the end of the day, keep coming back to that fact. You, you got to find the positives in life, Shen. So, you know, that I appreciate that. The Nets also could use a win. But no, also the Lakers can just use any sort of win, right? They're the ones that are really struggling. You know, I bet, definitely bet, didn't bet their money last night, right? Whatever. Um, all right. We got week eight picks. We're going to do it live. Last week, two and three for me, four and one for Pat, one and four for Shen. So why don't we just jump right into it and mark Shen Lugan as the lowest record man you have to now start us off for week eight. So why don't you do that with your first one? <laughs> if we stick with that trend, I'll be leading us all the way through week 18. No, no, just um, the lowest record from the previous look, week. Not a, not the not the longest record. Well, I, hey, I was 0-5 two weeks ago. We're one for our last 10 here. Anyway, <laughs> um, look, at some point, I believe this 15 games under is going to turn positive. When it's going to happen, I don't know. But there will be a miraculous comeback coming. Uh, First pick, Philadelphia Eagles money line. I am going to sound like a broken record and stay on the train until the, the wheels come off or however you want to call it. Um, I just don't see them losing this week, this week either. Um, look, they're too good, you know. So I'm, I don't even want to get too in-depth because it's just, it's just the same reasons over and over. You know, they've got the advantage on the offensive line, the defensive line, and, and at the skill positions. Um, pick two, Minnesota Vikings at home. You can't go wrong against Kirk Cousins on a 1 p.m. slate. Um, going against Kyler Murray, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out this past weekend, so his his attention is probably towards that and not towards the game plan. Um, and they're on the road on top of it. So I'm just going to keep it simple here. This is actually my most confident pick on the week. Give me the Philadelphia Eagles money line and the Minnesota Vikings money line, minus 120, pick one. There we go. All right. Uh, I love the Kirk Cousins 1 o'clock shout-out, by the way. Very – it's just like such a key component there. I, I might be a little scared of that game now, so we'll, we'll get to that later. Pat, you want to give us your first pick? Yeah, let's go with the uh, my big favorites parlay here. Or not big favorites, but uh, two teams that have to win. Uh, let's start with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not shying away from Atlanta. Uh, they were due to get blown out one point or another. I still think they're the cover king, 6-1 and one against the spread, 
First time now this season, though, as a favorite, how will they do? Well, they get a nice soft spot at home against the Carolina Panthers. I'm also going to just chalk – I'm not chalking anything up to recency bias with Carolina blowing out Tampa Bay. I think we've seen now for the last three weeks just how horrible the Buccaneers and Tom Brady have been. So, P.J. Walker at quarterback, uh, very thin now in the running back department. Deonta Foreman, who's traditionally a third-down running back, is now going to have to shoulder the, ca- the, the load with the carries with Chuba Hubbard being out. Um, you know, this is an offense that is just going to struggle no matter who they play. And also, what does Carolina struggle with? That is stopping the run. 120 yards allowed per game on the ground. Not terrible, but they certainly can be had, and that is Atlanta's bread and butter, what they want to do. So the Falcons, I mean, they've been phenomenal all year long, and traditionally when they go up against other teams that like to run the ball first and have somewhat decent defense, they've taken care of them. Cleveland, uh, the San Francisco 49ers two weeks ago. So I think Atlanta gets back on track here. They're four-point favorites, but I'm taking them just to win the game, and I'm parlaying that Falcons money line with the Cowboys, minus two and a half. Big favorite. Um, I'm going to bring them all the way down to just to win by a field goal going up against the Chicago Bears. Once again, I'm not uh, getting scared of any recency bias or them blowing out New England on Monday night. Dallas has the advantage on both sides of the ball with the offensive line, even though Ezekiel Elliott's not going to play. That's totally fine. I mean, we've all been saying all year long, Tony Pollard has been phenomenal trying to take his job and uh, getting most of the carries. So you now get a second week back with Dak Prescott should get even more of that chemistry going with C.D. Lamb, get Michael Gallup involved. Um, Dalton Schultz is questionable. Even if he doesn't play, Peyton Hendershot's been very good for them. Jake Ferguson has a run-blocking tight end. So they'll get a couple different sets going. They'll be able to move down the, the ball down the field. And, uh, yeah, Cowboys should win this game by a field goal, if not more. So Falcons money line, Cowboys minus 2.5. That's minus 105 odds. Did you know? that the winner of Falcons Panthers is the sole leader of the NFC South. Unfortunately. So yes. So, <laughs> you know, even, I don't, I don't think that's, you know, people talk about, Oh, motivation, you know, the, I, I think they're going to go out. They should go out and win the game. They know yeah. that they can be first place in the NFC South and any, you know, we, we start talking about week 10, week 11 games where teams that are terrible, how much motivation do they have? That's obviously not the case this year with Atlanta. They've surprised a lot of people. And like you said, they got a chance to take over first place in the division. So they'll be chomping at the bit. Right. And so do the Panthers. The two and five Panthers with a win end up in first place in the NFC South because they have the tiebreak over Tampa. And then they would have the tiebreak over Atlanta. It's, it's actually hilarious. We all thought that the AFC South would be the biggest disaster. The Titans are at least steadying that ship a little bit. Um, but it's the NFC South that is just terrible. We all thought the Bucs would, would hold weight. And then the Saints would be decent. They have a decent spot possibly to get a win. We'll get to them in just a second. And I got so. a couple of trends for you really quickly here too. Teams coming off an upset as a double-digit underdog, 17-49 and 49 straight up. And mm-hmm. also, even though Matt Rule is gone, the Panthers are still 1-28 and 28 in their last 29 games when their opponent scores 17 points or more. Oh, God. Oh, God. Falcons, That's terrible. Falcons get the 17. It should be a win. Wow, that's crazy. That's a st- that's a statistic for you guys. Wow, love that. All right, let me go with my first pick. I'm going to a similar well here. I shouldn't say similar well because it's it's just a variation of thought here. I'm going to go with the Patriots minus two and a half at the Jets, just because uh, you mentioned how you know you're not worried how the Panthers beat whatever big last week. I'm not worried that the Patriots lost big last week to the Chicago Bears. I think that it's pretty clear now that quarterbacks who can really run and and extend the pocket and scramble and and beat linebackers is the recipe to mess up the new England Patriots. They're not a very fast defense. And guess what? With the Jets, man, it really sucks. It really does. That's all I'm going to say. Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker gone in the same week. That stings. It's crushing. That dude was actually carrying the offense. There's some statistics out there about, um, you know, yards after contact, um, and then also big play capabilities from running backs where Brees Hall was in the top five of all these categories and Michael Carter and newcomer James Robinson are all in the bottom five of all these categories uh, amongst running backs who have 50 or more carries. I think this Jets offense is going to really struggle. Bill Belichick absolutely owns the Patriots. And, you know, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi was such a weird situation last week. I think they kind of realized that they did not play that hand very well. It's going to be Mac. It's going to be Mac throughout the whole game. Yes, the Jets' defense is still pretty good, 
but I'm really, really worried about this offense this week. Zach Wilson has not done really anything since coming back from his injury. It's been a lot of handoffs to Brees Hall and him making it all happen. I'm not expecting Zach Wilson to all of a sudden light up the Patriots like Justin Fields did in the air or on the ground. I think that's just a bad matchup for New England's slower defense. The Jets won't be able to take advantage of it, and this offense will be a little bit more crisp knowing that there's not a, a quarterback controversy this week because that was such a weird card by them last week. So Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, it, it feels like a perfect spot for them to get back on track and unfortunately a spot for the Jets to come up small, losing literally two of their probably five best players on this season in Vera Tucker and Brees Hall. So Pat's minus two and a half. So you just heard my first pick for NFL week eight, but do you know my first pick for sports books? Yeah, it's DraftKings, and NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back, so tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. You always hear the things. Oh, new customers get this. New customers get that. Well, this one's for you. This one's for everyone else. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today with bigger payouts than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is the only place I go. And Saturday night, I'm looking at the NBA slate here. I'm seeing the Nets home against the Indiana Pacers. They're big-time favorites, but for our stepped-up same-game parlay, we're going to take the Nets' money line, and we're going to make it a Ben Simmons special. Over five and a half assists and 10 plus points. Yeah, you heard me. 10 plus points. Ben Simmons gets right against a bad team like the Indiana Pacers. He's going to make some noise tonight. He's going to have his first game where he scores a nice plethora of points, maybe a nice whopping 14 or 16. Yeah, yeah, you heard it. You heard what I said. That's right. I have some faith in Ben Simmons here. Anyways, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPM. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, pick two. Uh, <clears throat> leg one, Atlanta Falcons money line. Um, just to add on to everything Pat said, also going to just throw out there that the Falcons are 2-1 and one at home on the season. The only loss where they squandered a 26-10 fourth quarter lead to the Saints. Um, and look, it's it's still P.J. Tucker coming in this week to Atlanta with, as you said, Deontay Foreman and, you know, D.J. Moore is still there. I mean, look, Carolina may have their moments in this game, but the Falcons at home, the the C game should still be able to get them over the hump in, in this one. Um, I'm going to parlay that with the Cleveland Browns plus 10 and a half. Uh, Monday night football, prime time. Cincinnati Bengals just lost Jamar Chase for four to six weeks. Um, I expect this to be a very tight grind of a game, lean on Nick Chubb big time in this one for the Browns. Um, almost took out the Ravens last week, lost by three on the road. I think they're playing well enough as of right now to keep this game well within double digits. So Atlanta Falcons money line, Cleveland Browns plus 10 and a half minus 110 pick two. All righty, let's go to the AFC South, shall we, for my second pick. Give me the Tennessee Titans minus two and a half. Uh, that's the spread against the Houston Texans. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure how we got there to that spread, really. I, I really don't understand it. I understand Tennessee's on the road. Um, you know, maybe there's some reluctance with taking them to cover the spread after what was an abysmal start to the year. Now that double-digit blown lead against the Giants doesn't seem too bad, does it? Right? I mean, we could play what-ifs all day. If they don't blow that game, they're 5-1 and one with the lone loss against the Buffalo Bills. Everybody backed off Tennessee after those first two weeks, and all they've done since is rattle off four straight wins, taking care of the Colts both times, squeaked one out against Vegas, handled Washington a couple of weeks ago, and then came off the bye. So this is their second game uh, since that bye week back on, in week six, I believe. So here we are. Divisional matchup on the road, and maybe this spread is a little bit lower because Ryan Tannehill might not play, right ankle sprain. Uh, you might see Malik Willis. I don't care either way what this is setting up for. Hello, Derrick Henry, 100-plus yards. Thank you very much. I will be on Derrick Henry's props every which way, anytime touchdown score, over rushing yards. Uh, Derrick Henry, this is going to be a monster game, not only for my fantasy team, but it should be for Derrick Henry as well because – what do you know? Houston Texans, they're the worst team against the run. They get gashed every single week. 165 yards per game, giving up on the ground. I mean, this is setting up perfectly for Tennessee. 
ground and pound, wear them down. Uh, and also Houston, some injury concerns on that front line. Rasheem Green, questionable. Malik Collins, questionable. Rasheem Green, I believe, has not practiced all week. It was either him or Malik Collins that hasn't practiced all week. One was a limited participant in practice on Friday. So if you take two guys on that defensive line away, that makes an already awful run defense even worse. And, of course, Jonathan Greenard was put on IR, I believe, last week. So, I mean, come on. This is – I might, you know, I might end up taking alternate rushing yards, Derrick Henry, like 150-plus in a nice, juicy same-game parlay. But for the sake of our podcast here – Tennessee is going to get the job done. Even if it's Malik Willis, that gives them more options to run the football. Uh, honestly, it might even be a better thing. And then also for Houston, Brandon Cook's probably going to play, but Nico Collins probably will not play. So an already limited offense as well, um, even more limited going into this game. Houston's one win so far was on the road at Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago where the Jaguars looked terrible. Give me the Titans to keep things rolling, cover the spread. Ryan Tannehill, 8-0 straight up as a road favorite versus a divisional opponent in his career, 5-3 and three against the spread. And Vrabel and Tannehill, 12-6 and six against the spread versus the AFC South. Titans take care of business, minus 2.5. Here we go. Well, let me apologize first because I just realized that I've had the wrong mic selected this entire time. And before we started recording, we were dealing with some beeping. That might have been why. And when I just coughed and I saw Pat stop, I was like, I'm definitely on mute. And I looked over at my button and it was red. Like it's on mute, and I'm like, what, what, what just happened there? Why? How did he hear me? And then I selected, I had the wrong mic slip. So yeah, you put me, you put me in the, he threw me in the spin cycle when that happened. I was like, yeah. I did. You see me afterwards? I was like, like what, what happened there? I was like, (laughs) I saw it too, but I didn't hear you cough though. It didn't come through on my. uh... Uh, well, sometimes I guess the person who's talking first could could override the voice on this uh, streamyard situation over here. But yeah, I apologize. I probably have sounded like crap now on this podcast for the first half of it. But uh, guess what? Sometimes chickens, sometimes feathers, as my old Spanish teacher used to say. Um, that happened, and now we move on. All right. Hopefully, I sound better, and you didn't turn off the channel yet because I sounded like shit. Anyways, Broncos plus eight and a half, and Commanders plus eight and a half. Nice little teaser for you guys. I'm looking to do a simple teaser here, your classic 6.2 team. Actually, I'm looking at the commanders here uh, live on DraftKings. I wrote this down yesterday. They're currently plus three, so I could put them up to plus nine in this teaser um, and still get it at minus 120. And let me just tell you this. Broncos are in London for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, basically a home game for Jacksonville, right? We know they go there all the time. But Russell, Russell Wilson did high knees all the way there, man. He's loose. He's been loose since Wednesday. I'm not worried about his, you know, uh, his lumbar getting a little tight on, on Sunday morning. I think they're going to be just fine. But no, in, in all seriousness, I just think if you talk about the Denver Broncos right here, the one thing you can truly bet on is their defense. Their defense is really good, and it's been good basically this entire season. So you can trust in Denver's defense. Can you trust in Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett? Probably not but you also cannot trust in Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson at this point as well. So I think at minimum, this is going to be within a touchdown as a final score. I do lean towards the Broncos a little bit uh, on the straight up spread and on the money line. I'm probably going to sprinkle both, but getting them up to eight and a half just feels exactly perfect because of how good that defense has been. And they're going to make Trevor Lawrence's uh, life very difficult. Similarly here with the commanders going against the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, yes, you got Sam Ellinger, Ellinger's first ever start here, um, and they're a favorite. I don't know why. The Colts have been kind of a disaster this season. They can't run the ball, even with Jonathan Taylor this year. His efficiency numbers have been horrendous. They can't really pass the ball without some of their top guys, and uh, Pittman's banged up now, too. Like It's going to be a difficult go at it for the Colts and Sam Ellinger. I'm surprised that it's a three-point spread. I think if you bump that up to nine, it's going to be a close game. I do not expect the Colts to even plan a game script to run this score up and win big. The commander's defense has been sneaky solid. Obviously, they're coming off some good performances as of late, and I do think with Taylor Heineke at the helm, they're just way more consistent. There might not be as much high-end upside to Wentz when he goes on a run in one quarter and throws three touchdowns that happens You know, every four or five weeks. That upside might not exist, exist, but you get a much more solid approach with Taylor Heineke. And those two underdogs, again, I, I lean that way on the plus two and a half and the plus three for the Broncos and Commanders, but you tease them up to plus eight and a half and plus nine. I think the defenses are strong enough to keep this one tight and the offenses are, are just solid enough 
where they're not going to get blown out. So I love this teaser for my second pick. All right. Uh, pick three. Leg one, Tennessee Titans. Money line over the Houston Texans. Um, Titans, since, you know, those first two weeks, they've, they've rattled off four in a row, as Pat said. Um, the thing that's impressed me the most is they're winning a lot of close games. Uh, winning ugly, if in a way to put it best. Um, everything's pretty much been one possession outside of the 19-10 win against the Colts last week. Um, Tennessee generally has the upper hand on Houston. Uh, this is honestly what, what it, both sides go into this. I'm a believer in Tennessee, and I also will continue to fade the Texans every week. Um, Brandon Cooks has been on the trade block. Um, is he going to play in this one? Yeah, probably, but I really question how invested he is in at this point. Um, and just overall, just overall, I feel like Tennessee keeps it going. Derrick Henry's going to have a monster game. Um, leg two, this is really just to get the line down to even, uh, the Buffalo bills are going to absolutely annihilate the green Bay Packers this weekend. Um, I'm really feeling for, for Aaron Rodgers in this one, because this may be even more ugly than what Brady's going through. Um, his most reliable pass target, Alan Lazard is out this week. Randall Cobb is on IR as well. Um, I thought they could lead on the run game the past couple of weeks against the uh, the Jets and the Commanders. Uh, that didn't work. Um, and the defense, Taylor Heineke was moving the ball up and down on them over the over the uh, over the second half after the pick six that they had that accumulated that accounted for seven of the fourteen or seventeen points they scored, whatever it was. Um, I really think Green Bay is going to have trouble. They may not even reach fourteen this week against Buffalo. It may be that bad, and I don't think the defense is going to have a prayer at stopping stopping Josh Allen and Diggs and Gabe Davis and everybody else on that offense. Um, so give me Titans bills plus 100 leg three. All right, let's welcome the Patty Boyle same game parlay back into the fray, huh? Because I've been trying to pick my spots. I said I was getting away from it, but I think this is the quintessential same game teaser here. Dolphins plus three and a half over 44 and a half. Minus 115 when they head to Ford Field to take on the Detroit Lions. First, let's talk about the over-under, right? Uh, Lions, two straight unders on the road. Now they come back home where they're 3-0 and on the over-under this year. Dolphins, two straight unders as well in their last two games. The last time they were on the road, 40-17 to loss against the Jets. Obviously, that hit the over. So, hello points, right? Let's. Uh, I think there's going to be a ton in this one. I'd be comfortable taking the over as it is. Um and when you have a total over under of 45 or more in the last three years, Lions home overs, 16 and six. So Miami, we know what their offense can do. Detroit, their offense has looked abysmal the last two weeks. However, they went up against the Patriots defense and the Cowboys defense. Miami's D, not as special. So I think Goff and the offense gets it rolling a little bit here. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to play. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, all back and healthy. So they'll have the, the running back tandem. They'll have their full complement of wide receivers outside of obviously DJ Chark and still waiting for the, the debut of Jamison Williams. But uh, Detroit should put up some points in this one. Miami, I don't need to tell you about their offense. Everybody healthy, even on the offensive line, all their weapons ready to go. And then, I mean, look, I think Miami wins this game, but you know, this is a perfect spot for a Dan Campbell Lions cover, right? And, and the actual spread, which is three and a half. So I don't want to deal with the hook. So give me the Dolphins uh, through the through the zero and up to plus three and a half. And I think that this is going to be a really fun game. I think this is probably going to be the most exciting game of the week. I wouldn't be surprised if you get 70 points or more here in this one. But uh, with how well the Dolphins have been playing now since Tua has come back, I know they struggled in the second half against Pittsburgh, but this should be a really good spot for them. So let's uh, let's get that same game teaser cracking here. Dolphins plus three and a half over 44 and a half. Patty B special, baby. Let's go. I love it. Uh, all right. Now on to my third pick. I'm going with the Las Vegas Raiders. Another Patty B special. Las Vegas Raiders minus one at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Raiders are one of the weirder teams in the league right now because you can look at them and you can say, oh, they're terrible. They're having a terrible year. But then you break down some of the statistics and you say, oh, wow, they're really good on first down. They're really good on third down. Oh, their defense has some upside. Their defense is doing a couple of good things here and there. And yet they are losing some games. However, they have flipped the script a little bit lately. They they won their their most recent outing. They're getting a little bit healthier. Even though if you look at their injury report right now, there's still a bunch of names you don't want to see on there. But Hunter Renfro is back and expected to play. Yeah, Devontae Adams came up with something, an illness, uh, 
late in the week here, but you know, he's expected to still play most likely as well. Like this team is ready to move the ball and the new Orleans saints defense of old that we're used to just being solid and getting after the quarterback and stopping the run hasn't really existed much this year. They're super average to slightly below average in all categories, whether it's a, you know, average run runs a uh, yards per rush, or if it's passing yards or as well, they're just very, very mediocre to slightly below average. And the Raiders offense is more than good enough to take advantage of it. Now on the saints offensive side, they're just so turnover prone and this Raiders defense and pass rush is just good enough that I think they're going to do a good enough job to slow down the saints. If the saints don't run the hell out of the ball or pepper Camara and give Taysom Hill a stupid 40 yard carry at some point in the game, their offense doesn't really do much, right? Like they are kind of predicated on some of those things. And I think the Raiders are just way more consistent. When you look at this offense, they're good. They've played good basically all year. And I know that's why it's been frustrating for you, Pat, as somebody who backed them going into this year, they easily could have three or four wins. They only have two right now. They're playing every game like it's their last because they have to. They know that if they want to make the playoffs, even the meddling chargers have two wins on them in the win column. So this game is ultra important to the Raiders. I don't care that it's in New Orleans. This offense is way better for the Raiders. The defense is slightly better, not much better than the Saints. So I'm riding this all day long. Minus one is a steal. If you feel so inclined, you could just jump on the money line. It's not that much different, just minus 125. But take the Raiders minus one, and you'll feel very happy with it. So there we go. That's my third pick. All right. Picks. Pick four. Moving, moving swiftly through this one, it feels like. Uh, another two-gamer. Um, Going to sound a little bit familiar with leg one. Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half against the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, and this is just solely has to do with the way the Dallas Cowboys defense has performed all season. Um, they don't seem to be a team that, you know, shows up here one week, shows up here another week. It may look like that way offensively in some of the games they play, but the defense is the overall reason for why this team is so good. Um, and I could care less how, how great, you know, Justin Fields and, and his rushing attack looked up in Foxborough last week. And that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, do me much for this game down with the Cowboys being uh, at home and how well they've looked all season defensively. And they should have no issues moving the ball against Chicago, especially now that they just offloaded Robert Quinn to the Philadelphia Eagles this past weekend. Um, So Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half leg one leg two, the Seattle Seahawks. Just kidding. We are going with the New York giants plus seven and a half. Whoa. So you know what that means, fellas, the giants are going to get blown out of the building this weekend. (laughs) Um, I've finally fallen over to the dark side. Now, granted, I'm not taking them to win because that would be absolute suicide. I still don't believe in Daniel Jones as a quarterback. They can win every week for as long as they want. The fact is he threw one pass in the fourth quarter last week and seven total for the second half. That doesn't impress me. I'm sorry. Um, but Hey, seven and a half on the road. They're three and oh, they won up here a couple of years ago against uh, Russell Wilson. You know, Pat, you probably remember the name escapes me. I've been trying to think of it. Who started a quarterback for the Giants at that game? Because it was a backup. I just can't Colt remember. McCoy. That's right. Colt, Colt, Colt McCoy was playing quarterback for that game. Um, I'd be hard-pressed to believe the Giants losing by more than seven and a half in this one. Uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are banged up. Um, and although Kenneth Walker has been fantastic over the past couple of weeks – I'm starting to talk it, talk myself into going the other way. I mean, logic just doesn't defi- doesn't make sense with this team. On paper, there's no they have zero business being six and one. They've sold their souls. They'll find a way to keep it close. Hell, maybe they'll erase a 21 point deficit this week. For all I know, Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half. Yeah, uh, New York. See, I almost said it right there. New York Giants plus seven and a half, minus one ten. Pick four. Wow, I'm flabbergasted right now. Yeah, Adam. shout out to uh, to Cody for that one. So I'm flabbergasted right now. You know, it just so happens that my fourth pick giants plus seven and a half is also the first leg. So Pete, one, whatever pick you have, change it to the Seahawks to cover the spread <laughs> here on Sunday. Oh man. I can't believe Mark has finally seen the bright side here. Um, you know, and, and also you, you go back to that Colt McCoy game. I remember I was producing the overnight for JJ, John Jastrzemski on the fan on a December in 2000, what was it? 2020 or 2019. And the Giants were 10-and-a-half-point dogs. And I said, J.J., don't be surprised if they cover and win this game outright. He thought I was crazy. Colt McCoy went on the road and did it. Um, 
totally different scenario here. Giants, much better team. Seahawks, much worse of a team. Mark, you both mentioned Metcalf, Lockett, both game time decisions here. Um, all the reasons that the Giants have been able to cover so far, you know, it seems like maybe this is the week where they trip up. Daniel Bellinger, who was having a fantastic season at tight end, he gets punched in the eye, broken the orbital socket last week. He's out. That's fine. In steps Chris Myorick. Um, they're still a little bit banged up on the offensive line, although Nick Gates, who, you know, had that awful leg fracture last year, he's been activated. I don't know how much, how many snaps he's going to play, but Evan Neal is out, has been ruled out again. So Giants continue to be banged up on the offensive line. They're a little bit banged up still defensively. They put Ojolari on IR. O'Shane Zimenez is out. Leonard Williams questionable. But again, they've covered over and over again for a reason. And I know you said, Mark, Daniel Jones only threw one pass in the fourth quarter last week. He didn't have to throw more than one pass. They ran the same play, power run to the right side, nine times in a row against the Jaguars last week. So they're going to keep running the ball. They're going to keep having success. Daniel Jones deserves a massive amount of credit. I said it on the fan when I hosted on this Friday. Uh, the ability that he has with his legs. He finally has a head coach that is playing to his strengths. And also, he has done a much better job at taking care of the football. He hasn't turned the ball over in the last four weeks. Uh, his decision-making has been so much better. So Seattle's defense isn't special by any stretch. Then you, you, know, you potentially take away one of the weapons in Metcalf and Lockett. Giants could win this game outright again, but I feel very comfortable getting them up to plus seven and a half. And then the second leg, I was thinking about taking them straight up and holding my nose like I had to do with Chicago last week, and they ended up winning the game outright by 19 points. I might have to hold my nose here, taking the Packers all the way up to 17 and a half. So Giants plus seven and a half, Packers plus 17 and a half. I mean, look, at a certain point, one way or another, there has to be some sort of you know, emotional do-or-die pride game for Aaron Rodgers in this offense. And I think there's no better situation – then Sunday night in Buffalo, um, you know, look, every, everything you mentioned, Mark, is a reason why Buffalo should win the game and win it very comfortably. But something tells me that you're going to get a very pissed off Aaron Rodgers that is being counted out. People saying he sucks, throw him in the same boat as Brady. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills are going to stampede them. I think you get an inspired performance from the Green Bay defense, which is basically healthy all around the board. Um, I know that they struggled to stop Heineke last week, but the Green Bay Packers defense on the season, they're right behind Buffalo as one of the top units in the entire league. They give up less than 200 yards per game in the air. They're pretty decent at times in the red zone against the run. I think Buffalo is going to try to establish a balanced offensive game plan against them. Either way, I don't think this, I think this is a pretty tight game through three quarters and uh, maybe Buffalo pulls away late wins by 10. You know, maybe it comes really close to that 11 point spread, but uh, I think more so than anything else, you know, if nothing else, Green Bay here, you can back them that they're going to keep themselves in this one way or another. So Giants plus seven and a half, Packers plus 17 and a half. That's plus 103 odds. Someone had to do it, right? That's kind of how it felt, Pat. I, I agree. I, I teetered on that one as well. I ended up not selecting it, the Packers straight up, just because it is so scary to do that against Josh Allen. But I agreed with everything you said. And listen, They've lost to three really bad teams. You're right. Pride game, bro. Show up. Do something about it, right? They, they they could realistically show up and lose by 10 and feel pretty good about themselves this week, right? Like, is that is that fair? Yeah, and, and I would say it looked like they lost to three bad teams at the time, but the Jets were 5-2, and two, the Giants were 6-1. and one. So, you know, right. I, I understand they probably should have beaten both of them. They got crushed by the Jets. But if, if nothing else, parity. Parity in the National Football League. That was right. the reason I took Chicago last week. Are the Packers going to win this game outright? Probably not. But again, I'm getting them up to 17 and a half. If they can't keep it within that, then <laughs> Aaron Rodgers should retire. Yeah. Then, then maybe we should watch Jordan Love, who's not a good quarterback either. So whatever. Anyways, on to my fourth pick. I'm going with the same pick as number two for Patty Boyle. I'm going to do Titans minus two and a half at the Texans. And I don't want to be re reiterate. Ugh. I don't want to reiterate Pat too much, but it's all about the run game. Man, you said Tannehill might be banged up. It might be out and you don't care, I feel similarly. This Texans team has been abysmal against the run. I mean, they're giving up 5.2 yards per attempt. They're giving up tons of yards per game. They're giving up touchdowns. This team is bad. They cannot stop the run, and Derrick Henry eats against the Houston Texans. That's just what it is. All the statistics you went through, Pat, with the um, AFC South and Vrabel and Tannehill versus those in-division teams, it's all a beautiful thing. When you look at the Texans, yeah, they've kind of kept a lot of things close this year, close to the chest, close to the vest. 
Maybe they play a good first half fall apart in the second. Maybe they got a little comeback action in the second half and, and, and they backdoor cover something. Well, against the Titans, it's really difficult to do that because of the ball control. Derrick Henry, he's going to have to own this game. I absolutely love this pick here, and I've been thinking about it all week. The two picks I've been thinking about all week is the Raiders and the Titans, and we're all in the Titans in some regard. So perhaps that means bet the hell out of the Texans up in here because, you know, that's just what happens here. But there's not even a big spread uh, of money on the Texans. Like, it's not like there's 77% of tickets on the Titans, and all of a sudden, there's still 60% of money on the Texans. That's not what, what happened in here either. No one's really backing the Texans. They are banged up as well. I don't trust them to do anything special. And this Titans de uh, defense has just been a steadying force. They're very, very solid. They're not super special in any one category, but they're very solid in all of them. The only thing that is going to be difficult for the Titans here, Jeffrey Simmons was on an injury list early in the week. Hopefully he plays. If he plays, he's obviously a, a game changer for them. But again, this game's all about Derrick Henry. It's all about the rush offense. And if Tannehill's playing, I feel even better. Malik, Malik Willis is playing. Keep an eye out. This might go down to a money line, and you might just get some better odds. So just keep an eye out for that. But I can honestly see, even if it's announced that Willis is going to be the quarterback, this is going to move a half point. This is going to move maybe one point tops. It's not like Tannehill has been lighting the world on fire. So Derrick Henry, minus two and a half at the Houston Texans. <clears throat> All right, final pick. No parlay for this one. San Francisco 49ers straight up against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, look, I know Debo Samuel's out, but the line has moved just one point. And normally I don't like playing into statistics like that or other stats like, you know, so-and-so in his career is 15-5 and five against a certain division. I don't like those stats because a lot of the time that goes back like five to ten years, circumstances are completely different. Like Brady was what? hadn't lost three games in a row or something like that since his rookie season. And they go out and lose to the Ravens last, last Thursday night. And look, circumstances are completely different. You know, he's lost a couple guys on the offensive line due to retirement and leading through free agency. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are dropping passes that they normally don't drop. The run game is non-existent. So honestly, no, I wasn't that shocked when they, when they lost this past weekend. Um, but with this one, the Rams have lost seven straight regular season games to the 49ers. And this one actually doesn't date too far back because, what, that's only three seasons. See, this is going on season four. And a lot of this, in terms of looking at the two teams, they're extremely similar from how they were when this uh, when this streak started. Um, if actually not, some teams are in worse condition, like the Rams. The offensive line is an absolute mess. Might be the worst in the entire NFL. Um, the offense is still Cooper Cup or bust until I see otherwise. They have no run game. Cam Akers will be sitting on his couch again this Sunday. Allen Robinson is still missing in action. Um, and the 49ers get to use their new toy to a more extent this week with Christian McCaffrey to make up for the loss of, of Debo Samuel. I feel I also feel like they're the more complete unit on defense as well. Yes, the Rams have superstars, you know, at, at some specific positions, but overall as a unit right now, the 49ers are playing better as a team. Um, and until Sean McVay figure out a way to get his offense rolling against the 49ers defensively, I see no reason why I should pick go with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I honestly think the line is just that way, more so based on the name rather than anything else with them being the Rams. Um, and I don't even care if they're I don't even care if they're home because the Rams really don't have a home field advantage against certain teams with the way their state with with their stadium. Um, you saw a couple of weeks ago Dallas overtook that stadium. Um, so, look, I'm just going to continue to to roll with Jimmy G. I, I know you can't believe I'm saying it because he has some performances where you're like, what the hell? Like the performance against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. But, hey, they seem to own the Rams. And last time I checked, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle are still playing. And, hey, you could throw McCaffrey in the slot and put Jeff Wilson in the backfield, who's been solid this season. So give me the 49ers money line to continue the Rams' woes on the season. And that's pick five. No crazy seven game, seven leg, same game parlays involving players, points, touchdowns, and passing yards this week. Proud of you. So I'm glad you've simplified things. And I'm also on the 49ers, but I'm going to get them all the way up to plus 10 and a half here. I think the big neutralizer in this game is you get the Rams coming off a bye. So you've got McVay, two weeks to game plan. This offense has looked terrible. Uh, I could see the Rams finally winning this game, beating Shanahan for basically the first time. Um, in the regular season, uh, you know, even then Garoppolo seven, one against the spread against the Rams, everything Mark mentioned about this matchup, Shanahan owning McVay, 
running the ball against them, pounding the rock. You know, you mentioned Debo's out. That's fine. Christian McCaffrey, I would take his receiving yards every which way, catches, receiving yards. I think they're going to use him as a check down running back. I think he's going to be the third down guy. I think he's going to get a ton of, you know, little wheel routes, little screens to get him going uh, to counteract the absence of Debo Samuel. And I think they're going to pound the rock a lot with Jeff Wilson on first and second down. So Mark said, you still got Brandon Ayuk. You still got George Kittle. Um, And again, a matchup that San Francisco has dominated. I get him plus 10 and a half. I feel fantastic about that. I don't even want to harp on that even anymore. So the second pick in that one is going to be Bengals money line. I know Mark's on Mark's got the Browns up a couple of points on that spread. Jamar chase is out. That's fine. Enter T Higgins and enter Tyler Boyd, right? Boyd had a huge game last week. I expect Burrow to continue to throw to those guys. Uh, and I think they're going to simplify the offense a little bit here this week, right? Uh, Zach Taylor was getting a lot of flack early on for running the football a lot. They're saying, let Joe cook, let Joe Burrow cook. So he's been cooking the last couple of weeks. I mean, he threw for what, 450 yards last week against Atlanta. Uh, but I think they do get the, a balanced attack on with the run game this week with Joe Mixon. And um, maybe you see a little bit more of Samaj P. Ryan than you have in recent weeks. And then for Cleveland, you know, a lot of questionables again across the board on the defensive side of the football. I'd be hard pressed to believe that all five of these guys who are questionable are going to play. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, and then the two corners, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. So you get your two edge rushers, you've got their best, run, their best linebacker, and you've got their two corners. I would probably guess that two or more of those five guys aren't going to play. So this Bengals, this Browns defense has been ailing. They've been limping the last couple of weeks, giving up 38 to New England, 30 to the Chargers. Um, they lost a couple of close games to Baltimore and Atlanta. That seems to be Kevin Stefanski's MO, right? Lose a bunch of close games. He's turning into Brandon Staley of the AFC North. So, and he's terrible against his own division in his career. I think he's four and 11 against the spread. So I'm going to get the Bengals down to a money line here. Even without Jamar Chase, that's fine. This offense has been rolling. They're finally starting to get going. And uh, I think the Browns will find a way to screw this game up one way or another, even though they're at home on Monday night football. Uh, Bengals have won four out of their last five. Browns have lost four in a row. So we talk about parity. How many teams lose five in a row? I think the, the Browns are destined to lose five in a row on Monday night. Jacoby Brissett, week by week, turnovers late in the game, questionable decisions. They can't convert on third down. The defense can't get off the field on third down. And I think it's only a matter of time before – can't believe I'm saying this. You actually might have some Browns fans waiting, anxiously waiting for Deshaun Watson to get on the field here. So Bengals money line, 49ers plus 10 and a half, minus 109. It's really that moment where you realize why Bursette is a backup a lot of the times, right? Like that he is not exactly an option one. You don't want him leading that role for more than four weeks or something like that, right? It happened last year. He looked, When he was in Miami, he looked bad. Right. Like he was all right in Indianapolis when he's in Miami and starting, he looked bad this year, started off all right, starting to fall off. It's kind of tough uh, for him. So we'll, we'll see that there. And, and what's up? Yeah. I was going to say two touchdowns, the to four interceptions in his last four games and a quarterback mm-hmm. rating that is one of the lowest in the league over that time span. And then, and also really quickly too, you say, that's fine. The Browns are going to run the football. Cincinnati has been, they're able to be had against the run. They gave up 120 yards against the ground. That's fine. I'm sure Chubb probably will still have a huge game again, uh, but they seem more and more likely to be trading Kareem Hunt as the weeks go on. Um, he's barely getting any touches. Um, I have him on one of my fantasy teams, and it seems like he has become absolutely invisible um, over the last two weeks. Outside of a goal line touchdown against the Bengals, uh, against the, the Ravens, he's only got nine carries for 16 yards in his last two weeks. So how much do they trust him? Um, how much are they going to exhaust Nick Chubb in this one? I think either way, Bengals will find a way to win this game. Bengals seem to be getting hot at the right time and the chase thing stings, but they do have the horses, right? They do have the horses. So we'll see what happens there. I was leaning that way, but I'm not going to go that way for my last pick. I'm going to go against you, Pat on a different one, but not completely because we technically can middle this since you went Falcons money line. It doesn't really matter that I'm going Panthers plus four at the Atlanta Falcons. I think there's a lot to be said about a team that covers the spread so, so much and then continues to get bet every week after that. Last week, I was on that correctly with the Bengals beating the Falcons minus six and a half. That one felt really good. The Falcons, they're an average team with some rushing upside that makes them look pretty good. They have a couple good late comebacks. You know, their six and oh record against the spread that they started off with this year 
it was a little bit of fool's gold, if I'm being frank, at least in my opinion, because there was multiple times where they were, you know, underdogs and they had last minute drives that didn't really put them in the game, but did cover it up. So right now I'm looking on pregame.com. 62% of the tickets are on the Falcons, which means that more people are still betting on them, thinking, oh, this team covers like crazy, covers like crazy. But 56% of the money is on the Carolina Panthers, which means that there's way more percentage of the cash coming in on the Panthers than there are tickets, meaning the sharp money is on the Panthers. I like to follow the sharp money. Also, you mentioned the Carolina Panthers defense not being great earlier, Pat, uh, against the run. I kind of disagree because if you look at on a per yard, uh, per carry basis, they're the fifth best in the league, only giving up 4.1 rushing yards per attempt, which is fantastic. Meanwhile, on the flip side, the Falcons are very mediocre defensively against the run. They're in the middle of the pack and they're the second worst team against the pass. So I know they've been bent, but don't break. They've created some turnovers in some of their wins, but the Falcons defense is not that impressive to my, to me as well. I think PJ Walker looked a lot better last week. They let him do a little bit more as the quarterback of this team against the Buccaneers. And if you can run the ball against the Buccaneers, you can probably run the ball against most teams, even though the Bucs aren't quite the Bucs right now, right? Donta Foreman, totally comfortable carrying the load. 15 carries last week. He did have um, he did have over 100 yards, 118 to be exact. I think he can carry the load. The load. I don't know much about Raheem Blackshear, who's going to be the backup for them now with Trevor Hubbard out. But the Panthers are solid. I've actually thought they were solid all year. I backed them uh, incorrectly once where they came up super small against the Rams, and they should have done a lot better. But if you look at this Panther schedule, or strength of schedule for that matter, they really haven't had any easy games this year. They play the Browns in week one, who are a formidable opponent. They play the Giants, who we thought was a whack opponent. They ended up being a good one. They beat the Saints in week three, lose to the Cardinals, 49ers, and Rams. None of those teams are anything to laugh at. None of those teams are bad teams, right? The Falcons are easily the worst team, in my opinion, that they've played this year. And this defense for Carolina has been extremely solid. I would even say close to higher to top tier, especially against the Rum, their fifth best per carry. So I think the Panthers could keep this one close. It opened at plus seven. It's at plus four and still all the money sitting on the Carolina Panthers. I think there's a wonderful spot to, to not fall into the trap of, Oh, the Falcons cover everything. I'm going to ride with, with Carolina Panthers plus four, hold my nose just a little bit, but I am proud of what I'm seeing from PJ Walker and Dr. Foreman. So that is my final pick. There we go. How are we feeling? How are we feeling fellas? How are we feeling? Feeling, as good as you can feel i mean i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i feel great we'll i feel i feel another winning week coming here i mean if i'm you know you want to say what plays are you nervous about um i'm a little nervous about the falcons right this is their first time as a favorite i mentioned that so i don't think carolina is going to be look nearly as good as they did last week um and then the other one that i'm a little bit nervous about as well is uh is the Bengals. you know the two teams that i have just money line um Anything can happen. They're on the road, but I, I think both of them come away with the wins here. And if that's the case, if Bengals and Falcons both win, I don't see how the Dolphins same game teaser lose. I don't see how the Giants lose by more than a touchdown. I don't think the Packers get blown out and the Titans should steamroll Houston. So I feel fantastic. Is there any picks, Mark or Pat, that you wanted to make that you left off your board? Because I know I'm looking at your guys' board here. I really wanted to take the Dolphins to straight up minus three and a half. I really lean towards doing something like that. I really wanted to involve the Cowboys somehow, and I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't want to do a 10-point teaser. So there's a couple things I wanted to get involved that I just didn't. Did anything else jump out to you guys from the from the slate this week? Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to take your, your Vikings, but uh, – <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous. You know, you get a second week with D-Hop back. He looked, he looked tremendous in their last game. Uh, that Thursday night against New Orleans, they get the extended rest. So I would not be surprised if Arizona covers the three and a half and wins it outright. feels like Minnesota has been so, so good this year that they're due for a letdown spot here, even at home, even in the one o'clock Kirk Cousins window. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I, against my better judgment, I did not take the Vikings. And then the other one that I was thinking about taking uh, is the commanders plus three. Cause I think they're, I think Taylor Heineke is a pretty decent quarterback. And I think that could come down to a field goal game. But again, stayed away from that one. Those were the two that I was thinking about taking. Um, Pete, to be honest with you, I, I got to worry about the five games and the five games only and, and nothing else regarding making 
possibly other picks that that could slip into my uh, to my slate. I got a hard enough time getting one right these days. Um, this could be the week that all changes. I think it very well might be, but then again, I've been saying that the past six weeks. Um, so this is a less of a uh, shit talking segment for me, more of a I got to earn some credibility back. So I'll see you all at fifteen and twenty five next week. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I love the attitude. And uh, with the Vikings front, Pat, if you remember back to last year, obviously you were a Cardinals backer and looked amazing on that front for the first like 10 weeks of the season. And obviously me and my weird fetish with betting on the Minnesota Vikings last year, they played. Do you remember what happened? No. So it was a 34 to 33 game that ended on a missed field goal yep. from, um, from Greg Joseph. And it was like not even a far field goal. If I remember, I'm trying to find the actual play-by-play of the of the box score here, but um, it was like the Vikings went 0 and 2 to start the season. They lost in Week One against the against the Rams by a touchdown, but they played really well. They could have been right there, or not the Rams. I'm sorry. Um, to the Bengals, they lost on a field goal in overtime, and then against the Cardinals the following week. And I bet them two weeks in a row. And I'm so scarred from Kyler Murray. When you bet against Kyler Murray and he's cooking. It is the most demoralizing feeling of all time, in my opinion. Like when he is just dropping back and making things happen, pulling it right out of his ass, it hurts. It hurts. I can't I can't watch that knowing that I I had that experience once in the past and I chose to go Vikings against Kyler Murray again. The Vikings defense can be a little sketchy right now. So I'm happy I I'm happy I stayed true to my rule to not bet the Vikings every week. That was a 37-yard field goal, by the way, that he missed at the horn to end the game. Um, just and- just steal my thunder. Okay. Yeah, Mark did put it in the chat. Like Literally a, threw uh, it in there Pat. for Pete to throw out, and then Pat just goes and jumps in. He's like, yeah, it was a 37-yarder. I got another window pulled up. I, was, I got the play-by-play from last year, and that was a game where Kirk Cousins threw a pick six when Minnesota was up by a touchdown um, in that game as well. And, uh, yeah, so that was a painful one. Mark was being a good producer, sending it to the board, and I, I just didn't I didn't answer the bell. Oh, well. All right. Well, fellas, thank you for doing this early on a Saturday morning. To everyone listening out there, sorry we're late with our picks, but we didn't want to miss a podcast here. So we got it for you guys Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. You can check it out on uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, the whole nine, right up until Sunday. And even some of these games obviously take place later than the 1 o'clock hour, so you can check them out for as long as you want. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Subway Sports Talk to see the picks get posted straight up. So you can follow along there as well. But for Pat, for Mark, thank you as always for spending some time with me and making some picks. Let's make this one a winner. Subway Sports Talk. Cheers.